Hello and welcome to Words of Wisdom, a podcast dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. Your host is Dr. Jerry Weirwool, who will share life-giving truth from Proverbs that will help us become wise and discerning. Wisdom is a journey, and we hope you will join us for this exciting adventure. Proverbs 18 verse 12 says, Before disaster, the heart of a person is puffed up, but humility goes before glory. This is similar to the last episode where we looked at Proverbs 16 verse 18, which says, Pride goes before disaster and a puffed up spirit before stumbling. Whereas we saw the synonymous parallelism playing out in that proverb, here in Proverbs 18 verse 12, we see antithetic parallelism, where disaster is paralleled with glory rather than stumbling. And a heart that is puffed up is paralleled to someone with humility. Both the words disaster and puffed up also occur in Proverbs 16 verse 18. We covered in more detail in the previous episode how these words are used, but it seems appropriate to offer a brief recap since we are dealing with these words in a similar context as in Proverbs 16 verse 18. Before we look more closely at the words used in the proverb, one thing to mention is that the sentence structure seems kind of out of order because it begins with the prepositional phrase before disaster. What the clause is trying to say is before disaster strikes, the heart of a person is puffed up. There is both a temporal and logical sequence that the proverb is trying to establish. It is saying A happens before and leads to B. In other words, having a puffed up heart precedes and results in disaster befalling someone. But the proverb reverses the language in the first half as a way to emphasize the outcome or consequence of the behavior or attitude. But we must keep in mind that proverbs are not formulas or universal principles. They give general observations, trends, or motivations for understanding how to live with godly wisdom. Let's now look more closely at some of the concepts presented in the proverb. The Hebrew word translated disaster means a breaking or collapse. To most of us, a disaster is something terrible that happens in large proportions. For example, having a windstorm that causes some damage to the siding and roof of several buildings in a town is not on the same scale as a tornado that destroys an entire town. The latter we would certainly label as a disaster, but probably not the former. However, the way Proverbs uses terms like disaster is to simply refer to any sort of negative circumstance, event, or experience. It could be something as simple as a broken friendship or business partnership, or perhaps something more severe like the loss of one's wealth or house or property, or worse yet, injury to their family or themselves, including death. Next, what goes before disaster, the proverb says, is when the heart of a person is puffed up. Another way to say this is when a person has a puffed up heart. First, the word heart is being used metaphorically. It does not refer to the actual heart in someone's chest. Rather, the word heart refers to a person's thoughts, desires, and attitudes. Thus, it's put as a metonymy for the person's mind, emotions, will, and motives. It encompasses the spiritual, emotional, and intellectual dimensions of an individual. The Hebrew word translated puffed up literally means to be high, and it figuratively refers to having a high attitude about oneself. A person with a heart that is puffed up is someone who is arrogant 
and full of themselves. They have an elevated view of their self-importance. We might say that such a person is haughty and snobbish. A person with a puffed-up heart is high-minded and self-absorbed, and therefore does not foresee the repercussions of their decisions or spot danger approaching. The proverb doesn't delineate how egocentric one must be in order for a disaster to come upon them, nor how quickly a disaster might occur. All the proverb is trying to assert is that people who are arrogant are lacking in wisdom, and without wisdom, a person is prone to make foolish choices that usually result in very undesirable consequences. But even more basic than that, it is simply saying bad things happen to those who are filled with pride. The misfortunes that happen to those who are arrogant and puffed up is exemplified in Aesop's fable, The Tortoise and the Hare. The story goes like this. One day, the hare was making fun of the tortoise for being so slow. Do you ever get anywhere? The hare asked with a mocking laugh. Yes, replied the tortoise, and I get there sooner than you think. I'll run you a race and prove it. The hare was much amused at the idea of running a race with the tortoise. He agreed to it just for the fun of it. The fox was asked to be the judge, and he marked off the distance and started the runners off. The hare was soon far out of sight, and to make the tortoise feel even more foolish for trying to run a race with a hare, the hare decided to lie down midway and take a nap until the tortoise had caught up. Meanwhile, as the hare slept, the tortoise kept going slowly but steadily, and after a time, he passed the place where the hare was sleeping peacefully beside the road. When the hare woke up, he looked around and saw the tortoise nearing the finish line. The hare immediately sprinted toward the goal, running his swiftest, but he could not overtake the tortoise in time. This story conveys the principle that arrogance can be costly. It reminds me of what Proverbs 11 verse 2 says, Overconfidence comes, then dishonor comes but wisdom is with the modest. So while the hare didn't experience a disaster in any literal sense, I think the hare would say the race against the tortoise was a complete disaster because he was utterly humiliated by losing to the tortoise. Another proverb that is pertinent to the story is Proverbs 29 verse 23, which says a person's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain glory. I would say that the hare's pride got the best of him, and the humiliating loss probably knocked him down a few notches in his sense of self-importance. At least, the hope is that the hare learned a valuable lesson, but perhaps in his pride, he was unwilling to see the error of his ways. A similar circumstance would be if you bragged about how fast your motorcycle could go, and then you got challenged to a race by a kid on a tricycle which you then lost because you thought you could stop for lunch with plenty of time to spare. Tell me, how foolish and ashamed would you feel when you got to the finish line only to see everyone staring at you in disbelief that you actually lost? There is a category of videos related to this very circumstance that you can watch online. It is called Celebrating Too Soon. I just watched a video recently in this category. In the open 800-meter race at the Shanghai Diamond League Track and Field Championship in 2014, Tuflik Makhlufi from Algeria was defeated in the last step of the race 
by Robert Biwat from Kenya. With only just approximately 15 meters left in the race, Makloofi raised his arms as though they were the wings of an airplane and stuck his tongue out with a smile. Makloofi looked to his left at the stopwatch and missed Biwat giving the last couple strides all that he had in order to inch ahead of Makloofi. Makloofi lost this prestigious race by a mere 40 milliseconds. To put it in perspective, it takes an average of 300 to 400 milliseconds for the human eye to blink. The amount that he lost was by only a fraction of the blink of an eye and could have been easily prevented if he had not turned his attention to boasting and celebrating a victory that he had not yet won. Getting back to Proverbs 18 verse 12, the first half is basically saying that arrogance will bring disaster upon you. But the second half gives a contrast or antithesis. But humility goes before glory. This is also the same thing that Proverbs 29 verse 23 is saying, but a humble spirit will obtain glory. We could state the axiom of both these proverbs like this. If pride brings disaster or destroys a person's glory, then being humble will bring a person glory. The question that we need to ask is, how does humility precede and lead to glory? First, there is a parallel proverb, Proverbs 15 verse 33 that says, The fear of Yahweh leads to wise teaching, and humility goes before glory. It is important to mention that both Proverbs 18 verse 12 and Proverbs 15 verse 33, the Hebrew word translated glory can also mean honor. The Hebrew word literally means weight, and it is used figuratively to refer to someone or something of significant substance or distinction. And thus, glory can refer to anything from success and prosperity to reputation and respect. Whatever positive effect or outcome springs from having humility, we could call that glory. What the proverb is trying to say is that it's not pride or arrogance that leads to a good reputation and to being honored and respected. Rather, humility is what results in that. You can see this play out in everyday life, where people tend to not want to respect or think well of successful people who are arrogant and snobbish and look down on everyone else. But we're not just talking about our attitude toward other people. We're talking first and foremost about God's view of us. James chapter 4 verse 6 says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. James is actually quoting Proverbs 3 verse 34. There is an inextricable link between God bestowing his grace and blessing upon somebody and them having humility. God gives his grace to those who demonstrate humbleness. Humility is not just about being modest in your self-perception. In the Bible, humility is about not trusting in yourself, but in Yahweh God and living with the fear of Yahweh, allowing it to be the determining factor for all your choices and actions. To be humble means to be willing to submit to God and to his will and to do things his way, not ours. And that is why humility precedes and leads to glory. God will bestow honor upon someone who is humble and will raise them up and give them glory. To illustrate this proverb, I want to focus on the second half. Humility goes before glory. And tell the story of Dave Ramsey. 
Dave Ramsey is a financial consultant expert and has written several best-selling books, along with hosting a radio show where he helps people in financial crisis. Ramsey has become one of the most popular voices in America regarding personal finance, with a show that exceeds 17 million weekly listeners across radio, podcast, and YouTube. He is broadcast across America as the third largest radio syndicate on over 600 radio station affiliates. In addition, he has approximately 2 million YouTube subscribers and growing. But like most people with a ranking and reputation like this, Ramsey's story doesn't start there. Ramsey grew up near Nashville, Tennessee, in a family that valued hard work, honesty, and integrity. He started his first small business when he was 12 years old, mowing lawns for his neighbors. Then later on, when he was in high school, he got involved in real estate with his family and did that throughout college. Soon after graduating college at age 23, Ramsey decided to start buying and selling real estate. And by using his family connections and some personal relationships with a few local banks, he was able to borrow large sums of money to purchase property. He soon accumulated $4 million worth of real estate with $3 million of debt. And by age 25, he was making $250,000 annual gross income. In recollecting on that time in his life, Ramsey said he thought he was rich. Everything seemed to be going right, and he was making money so easily. When it didn't seem like things could get any better, Ramsey said around that time he started going to church. Soon after, he said, it was also around that same time that everything began to start falling apart. A couple of the local banks got bought up by larger out-of-state banks, and after reviewing Ramsey's loan status, they decided to limit his loan capacity and called his loans in for payment. Since Ramsey was operating on 90-day notes, he now had to come up with over $1 million in 90 days to cover his largest bank note. Then 60 days later, a second bank called regarding his second highest loan of $800,000 and called his loan in for payment. That gave him less than six months to come up with $2 million to pay back the banks. Ramsey had never been late on any payment for any note with these banks, but since he was so young and was borrowing money way beyond his capacity, the banks wanted to limit his credit line with them to something more reasonable. Ramsey began to sell everything as fast as he could. But in looking back at that time in his life, he remarked, When you pile up stupid as high as I piled it, it's going to fall down, and you can't catch it all. Ramsey thought he had it all figured out. He thought he knew how to win the game. But as he recounts, quote, No matter how hard I fought, no matter how smart I was, no matter how much I kept my word, no matter how much I was going to do the right thing and pay everyone back, I couldn't control the outside variables. Ramsey had burrowed himself so deep that he couldn't find his way out. Ramsey had come to the end of his rope. He used to look at himself as the guy who had all the answers. But here, at his lowest point, he said he realized he didn't have any answers. Eventually, Ramsey lost everything. And the sheriff even came and repossessed all the furniture in his house. As Ramsey recalls distinctly, it was September 22, 1988, when he arranged to meet with an attorney to file for bankruptcy in order to prevent the sheriff from evicting him, his wife, and his daughter. It wasn't too long after that point 
when he had hit rock bottom, that Ramsey decided to start reading the Bible to see what God had to say about money. Even though Ramsey had academic and professional training in finance and had achieved a number of different financial certifications where he got to put a lot of letters after his name, and he thought he knew what he was doing. He said that it was only when he turned to God and started learning how God tells us to treat money that things started to turn around for him. Ramsey began implementing what he was learning in Scripture about how to wisely steward finances, how to tithe, and prioritize expenses according to needs. It was revolutionary for him, and he was amazed at how well it was working in his life. Ramsey was so excited about what he was learning in the Bible and doing with his finances and the benefit it was bringing to him and his family that he started to share it with others. In 1994, after employing the biblical principles he had learned the past two years, Ramsey opened a small financial consulting office and began counseling others on how to manage their finances. He and another co-worker ran a class that year on the basics of handling personal finances, and they had 37 people attend that class. Within only a couple of years of doing this class, there were over 350 people attending. Ramsey had also been doing a weekly radio show for several years where he talked about money management and took live phone calls on the air to help people with their finances, especially with mortgages, credit cards, and other forms of significant debt. During that time, Ramsey had written the first edition of his debut book, Financial Peace. Since 1992, Ramsey's radio show, originally called The Money Game, has grown immensely and is now the third most popular nationally recognized syndicate radio show called The Dave Ramsey Show. While there are a lot of people out there who can give advice on how to manage money, it seems that Ramsey's humility to learn from scripture and use God-honoring principles and perspectives about money that has led him to being one of the most famous and successful resources in America on personal financial management. His financial advice is based on godly wisdom and biblical principles. Instead of continuing to try to do things his way and what he thought was best, Ramsey humbled himself and sought to acquire knowledge from God in Scripture about how to properly handle money. Thus, being humble and willing to submit to God's wisdom can yield incredible benefits in our lives where God can give us glory and honor that we could never attain on our own. What we need to remember is that if we try to do it on our own, we will likely fail. But if we come to God in humility, eager to follow his ways and walk on the road of wisdom, he will bless us and make us have a reputation of great weight that can only come from living with the fear of Yahweh. This is the wisdom of the proverb. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Words of Wisdom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be so appreciative if you would share this podcast with your friends. And if you have been blessed by this work, please consider supporting the podcast by clicking on the donation link in the description.